0: The Persistent and Nasty podcast has teamed up with Edition to offer our listeners 25% off monthly subscription. Head over to Edition and type in Nasty, all capital letters, 25 at checkout. I have said it before, I will say it again. Weedition really are the future of casting. And also you can make money while being a member on the site. You can um, be a scene partner for people and you can help with accents. You can just generally help each other out. And it's a really important thing for us to do, especially during these times and just a lovely way to have community. Our other offer for our listeners is still with Backstage. Backstage are offering our actors 12 months free subscription, you heard that right, 12 months free, if you follow the link in the description box. For casting directors, you can post free castings when you type in Persistent and Nasty at checkout. Hello you gorgeous lot and welcome to another episode of Persistent and Nasty podcast. Elaine here, how are you all doing? Well, here we are, tier four, lockdown part two. Hope everyone is staying as well as they can and remember, Wash your hands, wear your mask and be kind to each other. In today's episode, I chat with the lovely Scottish actress Kate Bracken. Um, We talk about everything from uh, cringing at our very first drama school editions to asking for the things that we should and why do we stop ourselves from doing that? And also the, the dreaded emailing someone, emailing agents and then panicking that you have made... It sounds really passive aggressive. So basically lots of overthinking today. As always, follow us on all social media: Twitter at persistent nasty, Instagram at persistent and nasty, Facebook Persistent and Nasty. Send us a little email to persistentandnasty at gmail.com. Remember to like, subscribe, download, and comment on the episode. It really does make all the difference. And for those of you who are wishing to support us the paypal link is in the description of this episode thank you again to everybody who's done so so far it really is incredible and we are overwhelmed and um you are part of this you keep us going and thank you a million times well everyone sit back relax get wee cup of tea and enjoy So hi Kate,
1: Hi, welcome to Persistent (laughs) and Nasty. Whereabouts are you? Um, I am in Bristol at the minute.
0: Is that where you're based?
1: Yeah, yeah for the time being. So um, yeah, missing missing Bonnie Scotland but...
0: Mm. I know, well at least we're all in tier four now so... I know, I know. (laughs) Like what a nightmare. I, it I know. How have know. you found everything? Have you been able to,
1: have you been doing bits and pieces? Um, I mean, auditions have picked up a lot recently, which has been great. But I, I, to be honest, it's just been a roller coaster, hasn't it? I think everyone's found it the exact same. And I think, like, I'm in an okay patch at the moment but see before see before now it was like woo like up down oh yeah it's but I think I'm kind of used to the way of it now for the time being we'll see give me a week and I'll be back in a like depressed state
0: (laughs) totally totally. it's been um, really the roller coaster analogy of it is so true because there's nothing else Mm. really that kind of kind of comes close to how you're feeling throughout it um, it's just, and it's that thing, like as as performers and as creatives and in the arts, you know, we're all used to that kind of slightly uh, insecure, unsteady, yeah, lifestyle. But this is like amplified
1: a <laughs> 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 whole other level. Well, it was um, like unsteady for such a long time, unsteady without any hope of work. So that just like made everything a million times worse but yeah no I feel I feel all right now at at the moment so we're good
0: okay good um Kate do you just want to give the listeners a little potted history about you who you are where you trained
1: all that yeah so um I I trained oh I trained a bit all over the place to be honest. Where do you want me to start? <laughs>
0: start at the very beginning. the, start the beginning. I yeah.
1: nearly did
0: a um, musical theatre reference there. I was like, it's very
1: I was thinking that too. I was like, no, that's not. Um I started uh, in Telford College in Edinburgh. Yeah. So um I mean I I think I auditioned for the RSMD which is now the RCS yeah. and Queen Margaret's and um, I never bothered with anywhere in England just because of the expense yeah and I just like it, it's crazy isn't it so I kind of put all my eggs in 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 some very small baskets and uh, yeah, did a shocker of an audition for yeah, the CMD RCS, uh, <laughs> and I can't even remember. My... I did a
0: shocker for I did a shocker for Queen Margaret, so don't worry about it. <laughs> when I think back, my
1: whole body is like, "Oh, oh my god, I can't believe you did that!" Honestly, <laughs> don't no, but I bet you like. I I can't remember what my um I can't remember what my classical piece was but I can't believe I'm telling you this, but, um, We can (laughs) go
0: I'll tell you what my classical piece was and it's going to make you feel so much better.
1: Okay. Well, it was my contemporary piece that, I mean, this just shows how naive I was. So I was really obsessed with um, Lord of the Rings when I was younger. And I like, and to be honest it, it was i remember seeing that film when i was like 10 or something and just being like oh my god it's amazing um, and watching all the sort of behind the scenes footage that they had on their like extended dvd um edition and so i <laughs> i took apart from Word of the rings and i used that as my rc <laughs> That's horrendous. I, I love that though. Oh no! Well, they didn't. Let me tell you. <laughs> Could they not. Oh God. Um. So yeah, that was a. That was an absolute no. What was your shocker story? Please tell me. So my
0: shocker was QM and um, it was my first, it was my very first edition for any drama skills or anything. And uh, I did a uh, Juliet's uh, death speech, vile <clears> speech um, for QM. Like, doesn't everybody? And at the end of it, they went, so are you dead then? Uh, oh. <laughs> no. I'm not <laughs> okay that's fine oh and then you had to sing like that was in the days when you had to sing as well even though it was for the acting course yeah. and I did um all I want is a room somewhere from um my fair <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh shit, because basically I for some reason I didn't get told I had to sing and on the day then they were like you need to sing and I was like oh my god oh, I don't no. have any music Oh shit. I, I mean my whole being I feel sick when I think about it It was so bad
1: I feel you, I do, I feel you It's horrible isn't it But I suppose it, it makes us better Hopefully I don't know de- I mean it
0: definitely <laughs> does It definitely does But it's really interesting I remember the energy in the room at QM was just This is going to sound bad This is nothing to anybody that went to QM It just wasn't very nice Mm. and there was just attitude about it and even though I would have done the same pieces from my first year at RCS they were so much better at well at RSAMD Um, Mm. and I got through all three rounds that first year.
1: Amazing. I mean I didn't
0: get in, but
1: uh, but still that's an achievement in itself I think because it was it was tough.
0: Yeah, to, I think to have got from had, but I mean, oh, oh God, when I think back, I want mm-hmm. I want the ground to open up and slow. <laughs> just,
1: We're all in the same so boat, or some of us are.
0: Everybody, yeah, I know that's that. Everybody who's listening or who's a performer will know. Like additions are just funny things. Oh uh, they can they, be so
1: brilliant, they, and then. Not. Or you can just want to die afterwards. Yeah, i had so many of those. Um, so I, yeah, so I ended up going to Telford in Edinburgh for my first year. And then that, so that was my HNC, and c And then uh, I went to Stowe College for my HND. That was in Glasgow. I think they've changed names now. I don't know what they are. I think they're city now. Are possibly. they city, yeah. City I think Mad you're school? right, yeah. And then um, for my third year and my degree year, I went to Motherwell, got my degree there. Had a great time. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a weird way of getting my degree, but we got there in the end. We got there in the end, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's
0: really important, though. I think it's really important for people to hear that because there's
1: so much pressure on people to go to the big schools. Mm, absolutely. Totally. When I, and, sorry, on you go. No, no, I was just
0: going to say, it's maybe not for every performer.
1: Mm, no. And I think, I think for me, I had my heart set on the RCS because I remember going there and just being like, Oh, it just had a feel about it. I was like, oh, I can really feel myself here. And, um, and so I think I tried there a couple of times and didn't ever get further. <laughs> I learnt from the first time <laughs> what to do the next time. And that wasn't to pick something from Lord of the Rings to do as your audition. <laughs> um, so I had something better. But um, yes, not getting in there, I remember, was a, a disappointment. But I think I love hearing about how different people get into acting and their roads not being always as like straightforward as some people's. So yeah, I think it's uh it's certainly not how I saw things panning out. But mm-hmm. as I say, I did have a great time eventually. And certainly at, at Motherworld that was which is now New College Lanarkshire. They've all changed names.
0: I know. I know. They've all changed <laughs> um, names
1: but yeah that certainly opened up a lot of opportunities for me so yeah it's great
0: and was it the straight acting course you did at Motherwell
1: it was yeah it was the straight yeah. one yeah no I'm not uh, I'm not that skilled with in fact I'm not skilled at all with musical theatre so no. <laughs>
0: I mean I love it but yeah I can I can hold the yeah. tune
1: I can maybe say a little bit boot- for you after a couple of glasses of wine, but uh, <laughs> not much more. <laughs> no, same, same, same.
0: So did you move down to London after you left Motherwell? So,
1: yeah, I was really fortunate in Motherwell. Um, they, they brought in a lot of people from the industry to do like mock auditions and stuff with us yeah. and um, that was so helpful because uh, otherwise we just wouldn't have had a clue what to expect in an audition and because I think a lot yeah. of the time you're just flung out onto the street and being like oh you go like you'll be fine or not um, and so yes I met um, we had a mock audition with Danny I hope he doesn't mind me saying this but Danny from Calling Crawford's yeah. office. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was really kind to then uh, ask me to come along for an audition because uh, they were casting a film. So I, I went along there and did a couple of auditions for this film, which I, I didn't get, um, and that was fine. But then he was nice enough to say, Um, let's see if we can get you an agent and he sent my tapes off to some agents in London and some meetings were set up and so I went down to London and met with some agents and then met uh, Jess and Ruth at United and yeah, fell in love with them and signed with them and yeah, so I've been there ever since so after that I got a job um, in Durham and then not long after that yeah I moved to London so that was it all kind of happened really quickly and it was a bit of a scary move because you know I'm just like a, a wee country mouse really like I'm not a city bird at all so Mm -hmm. uh i mean obviously i'd lived in glasgow and edinburgh but um i'm from the highlands originally so taking that jump to move to london was like oh my god like yeah i just felt like it was it was quite overwhelming but i'm i'm really glad i made that leap certainly Mm -hmm. yeah whereabouts in the highlands are you from so the northwest so um Fort Williams, like the nearest town, but I suppose I'm like a, a good few miles north of there. So Lovely. quite away. I just say Fort William because everyone tends to know where that is. <laughs> ben Nevis. <laughs> I'll just go with that one. Everyone yeah. knows. <laughs> I went to school there, so yeah, it's just okay. easier to say that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, that is like a total culture shock though, from mm. even just there to Glasgow and Edinburgh.
1: Yeah. I mean I obviously I'd spent a bit of time in Glasgow and Edinburgh um as as like a teenager and stuff yeah. as well because uh, I had some family near there but yeah moving to London was just like I remember arriving in London and just being like uh yeah just completely I'd, I'd never seen so many people before and so much noise and just so yeah it was it was quite mad but as I say I'm glad I'm really glad that I I did make that jump
0: I think that's a really um lovely story and kind of really encouraging and empowering and just also a uh, Dan Jackson just being a really great human being and doing that mm, for absolutely. you absolutely um,
1: like
0: yeah it just shows it shows people that just because you didn't go to a big school or you know, wherever you're at and whatever's been going on, and like mm. the opportunity to get—I mean, United is one of the biggest agents to have got.
1: Yeah, and I'm—I'm I'm so lucky to have, to have blagged that. Like, i, I yeah, I still—I um, don't really know how that happened, but I—I I just think that yeah, it's really important for people to know that it's not the end of the world if you don't get into one of these big schools that promise you everything because there are other ways in that might not be so obvious and there are really good decent people that will like nurture talent and see something in someone and be like we'll help them and it's just so good to know that there are yeah people out there that are that are gonna um, give you a wee push almost exactly and it's yeah right. and it's it's
0: so important that that is that people know that um I think especially for younger people like I teach young kids and they're all so I need to get to RCS I need to get to RCS and I'm like that's mm. great but you know don't be disheartened if that's not how it goes there are so many other paths no. into this industry it's
1: absolutely just,
0: yeah so to London, and then what have you been doing? So you've done a couple of TV shows, films.
1: Yeah. Um. So just mainly all all TV, and uh, yeah, a couple of film stuff. Um. To, so uh, yeah, I've been really fortunate to be able to do some some great jobs, um, and, uh, yeah, I have uh, really really lucky um, I've not done I've not done any theatre but um, I'm kind of as much as I love theatre I do it It scares the shit out of me <laughs> and I'm like I love I love working in in TV and film uh, camera work because I just love the uh, I love the stillness of of that side of things and you know the kind of the smallest smallest like glimpse of a smile or something else really picks up on camera and I just I find that so fascinating Mm -hmm. just uh, reading people's faces even when it's just yeah the the tiniest of movements I just I love that. So I'm I'm quite happy where I am at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really um, that thing between
0: theatre and film and telly is always really interesting. Like I know I always, I don't know about you, but even as a kid, I always wanted to be an actor. Like it was, mm. it was, people would ask me, oh, what are you going to be when you grow up? And that's what I would yeah, say. Yeah. And, um, but I think when I was younger, it was like, I thought I was going to be doing film, like that was because that was my only really um, kind of experience of acting mm. was watching movies with my granny and like going to the cinema and things like that. And then I went to see my first like proper play when I was like 10. And I remember being blown away. And then kind of still thinking, oh no, it's definitely film and telly that I want to do. And then starting training, and I was like, oh no, it's definitely theatre. Really, and now it's like I've come back around full circle. I'm now getting back into being obsessed with wanting to push that more, but also like the as you talk about it, is like you're saying like the nuance of film. Yeah, really is, um and like I'm, I'm just, yeah, just the whole the whole thing about it is just really how those things happen and they take like full circle, and it's like all of a sudden I'm back to. Back to being like fifteen, yeah. I wish. <laughs>
1: what was the um? What was the the play that you saw that blew you away? Do you remember?
0: Yeah, I do. It was a a big picnic, which oh, was done in that. Govan, a uh, and it was done in a shipyard. And I actually might even oh, have been younger than that. And it was my aunt that took me. And it was um. It was about the First World War, and I don't even know if I understood most of it, but I know that when I saw it, I was like, couldn't. And then when I was 16, 15, 16, our, uh, our drama teacher at school, we were really lucky we had drama at school, and she took us to see uh, Mother Courage at the Lyceum with Maggie Steed. And right, wow. again, I like everybody that went was like, that was shit. Yeah. Because we were 15, 16, we like, didn't get it. And I was going, I thought it was amazing. Mm. I loved it. And we actually were super lucky. They came and did a workshop at our school. And um, the question got asked, did anybody want to do this as a job? And i was like, me? Straight up. Yeah, straight up. And Maggie Steed said, it's really hard work.
1: It's yeah.
0: really, really hard. And you need to be prepared for rejection. And it might not go the way you want. And I just stood there and went, that's okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm ready for that. <laughs>
1: she must have been oh. like, oh
0: little thing <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing but just, um, yeah I just remember and like in particular like Mother Courage for people that don't know there is a the the daughter in Mother Courage is a uh, deaf and um, mute and uh, the girl who played her and I wish I knew her name but I, I don't the whole time I was like she's incredible Because, you know, it's that thing of, like, people expect you when you come out of a show, who would you want to play? Because that's what you ask each other when you're 15 and 16. And um, I was like, I want to be the daughter. Just because she could convey so much without saying anything and just really remember that being such a powerful moment and, like, knowing knowing that this was right and what I wanted to do. It's so funny, I have another story, and I'm going to laugh as I tell it, because I have told her this. I told her it when I was drunk. So when I was 19... (laughs) was My um, I was just starting second year. No, I must have been 20. Oh, whatever. Um, and I was having a bit of a second year blues, and I was like, Oh, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Am I, am I making a mistake? Mm. Should, should, I, should I go to uni and do history?
1: No, do not.
0: <laughs> and um, I went to see Medea, a uh, Theatre of Babel's Medea at a the sets it was like the third time it was on tour and Maureen Beattie was playing Medea and I have told her this since, so it's fine um when I was drunk but I was watching it and it was incredible and I remember thinking I came out and went no this is it it's definitely it and if I can be half as good as her it's okay I
1: actually remember
0: what she said when I told her because I was so drunk but it's fine
1: (laughs) I think that's um yeah, see, you're lucky getting higher. Was it higher drama that you had at school? Yeah. yeah. Standard
0: grades and higher. That's Did you?
1: I well, no, I had standard grades as so. well. Okay. So, we're so all I never good. know when they change. and I'm like, no, people no, say no. have they changed?
0: changed? Oh, that's now like, what do they have now? Like their nat fives and all that.
1: Oh, right. Okay. No, I don't really I'm, understand. am on, on your side. I've got no idea. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, you <laughs> <will>. <laughs> Uh, yeah no because we didn't have um, any drama course at my school and um, I had to well I didn't have to but I wanted to um, there was a course that they were running up in Inverness which was like a higher drama course Um, and that was like every Saturday and during the holidays and I remember really wanting to do it. And we had a, um, there was a guidance teacher at our school. He wasn't my guidance teacher, he was my pals. And uh, he was also a math teacher. And he actually really pushed for us to be able to go and do our higher drama on Saturdays. And as a result, we didn't have to do higher maths because we hated it, hated maths. Yeah. Um, so we had three I
0: think periods. I deliberately got such a shit mark standard grade, so I didn't have to do higher <laughs> maths. I was like, if I do really, really badly, they're not going to
1: ask me <laughs> to do it. I think, I think it was compulsory at our school to do higher maths. I can't remember. I feel like it might have been. but um, It would yeah, not so, have gone well
0: for me if I'd oh, had to do higher maths.
1: Honestly, I cannot bear it. So, yeah, we had three periods during school. Um, when everyone else is doing higher mass to um, do our, well, I don't know what to do, to, to study, I guess, for our drama <laughs> on Saturdays. But yeah, so we had to travel. It was me and a friend and we travelled 60 miles up to Inverness and 60 miles, so 120 mile round trip every Saturday to do our higher drama. Um, but I loved it. I loved it so much. And actually thinking about it because I think the school did get a higher drama course after we left but I kind of think maybe it was better like that because at least when we went we were going and working with other people who really wanted to give up their Saturdays and do their higher drama whereas if I'd done it in school I reckon it just would have been people that were like well, I don't want to do geography, so I'll just take drama. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe feeling, like, self-conscious. I don't know. I don't know.
0: I think yeah. you're probably right. I think, like, I, I know um, when I first was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do, I remember people like, oh, you're just picking a Mickey Mouse subject. It's really easy. Aye. Yeah. I yeah. That. I'm like well actually it's not are you going to come and stand up and do a scene in front of like some of the hard like I mean in my standard grade class there was a couple of really um tough people in it so
1: yeah yeah. it's scary I think when you're a kid and like you have to be it's scary as an adult being vulnerable in front of other people but I think as a kid and you're doing it in front of people that are uh there because yeah they they can't be arsed to do they're not really in it for the reasons that you are and you know mm-hmm. that they're going to take the piss out of you after I think that's it's really difficult so yeah. yeah maybe it was all right the way it was
0: um so another thing that we wanted to bring up and um if hope that it's all right with you is the fact that you are diabetic diabetic and yes. um um, just chat about that and raise awareness obviously because um, it was a awareness diabetes awareness day last week, last week yeah I it
1: was yes it was
0: well done yeah yeah I know I'm like what week are we on because I was like, I, <laughs> I, like, I can't <laughs> even believe that we're in we? November oh, I, I can of just turn around I'm like know. we're at the middle of November how it's mental I know I know mental. so yeah so um, have you been diabetic always um, give us, uh, no, give so you, give us your I, diabetic history like that. not in a not the doctor
1: way. We'll give you the full medical lowdown. Um, I was diagnosed when I was ten, so yeah, twenty years ago. Um, I wasn't massively well. Uh, I'd lost loads of weight, and I was drinking loads and I was which made me like wee all the time um and yeah I, I just was not in a fit state I think I said to my dad that I was so thirsty I wanted to drink the loch which I don't know if you can get more Scottish than that <laughs> yeah I mean that's uh yeah yeah that um, is Scottish right now. yeah I know <laughs> it's embarrassing. Um,
0: Oh, no, I think that sums up how thirsty you were. I think like oh. um, Yeah, I think Scottish people will be like, "Oh, wow." Oh, yeah. And our, our internationalist are going to have a wee giggle of a loch and see <laughs> see thirsty was.
1: Um so yeah, that was that was the kind of trigger moment for them, I think. And also, it was around the time of my 10th birthday, so I I didn't finish my, I specifically remember not being able to finish my birthday cake, which for me was mental because I've got such a sweet tooth. So mm-hmm. I think that as well, my parents were like, what is going on with this girl or something? Not right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got taken. And actually my uncle is also type one. So my mum, mm-hmm. and my mum is a nurse. So I, I think she spotted the signs really quickly because if you don't spot the signs quickly it's it's quite dangerous Mm -hmm. um so yeah and then I was diagnosed very quickly and yeah here here we are today so um it's been well I don't uh, to be fair now yeah there's there's days when it's a real pain in the arse of course and it is difficult but also I think getting it at 10 it was like it kids are so adaptable aren't they and I yeah, and I just they think are. yeah, yeah. I, I think they're amazing and um I think that was a great age to get it because now it's just automatic. It's almost like you know taking an ejection for me is is like brushing my teeth to the point that I will sometimes forget like not that I forget to brush my teeth but (laughs) let's just put that out there but do you know what I mean
0: (laughs) no I know exactly what you mean yes
1: and and I think people people hear diabetes and they're like oh my god needles I could never do that and it's like that's the the needle part is the least of your worries really it's not it's really not a big deal once you get over over that first thing of like yeah jabbing yourself yeah so
0: and when you're doing it um do you know what I mean it's not remotely the same um but the needle thing like um so we've done a few rounds of IVF and um when we were starting our IVF that was the big thing that everybody said was about the needle
1: mm.
0: and I remember and I'm not squeamish at all and I remember being like oh, I wonder how I'm gonna deal with this but it was actually fine but the
1: needles for IVF and fairness are they not huge?
0: they are pretty big. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. that's a little bit. You're allowed to be like yeah. not okay they about that. Um,
0: th- yeah, they are quite big. um And I was, and there was one day I remember being a bit like I got up to do my injection, and I was just like, oh, I can't. I just can't do this again. I can't. Yeah, no, they no. To be fair. Yeah. like the one I think that I'm probably correlating with. Is like your is the what's it's called gonalef, and it's just a clicky pen one. It's like so you mm-hmm. just turn it, and it's like the the other one, the big the big needle one. Yeah, it was not the, that wasn't that fun. Yeah, probably not. No, I don't people think like, I would. We're going to do an IVF. are like, oh great, oh, it's going no. to be. Brief. <laughs> uh, no, maybe not. <laughs>
1: Oops. <laughs> no, well, I don't think my needles are anything like the size of those. So yeah. I wouldn't like that either yeah fair enough
0: (laughs) do you find um how do you find it when you're filming like is the have you
1: found a way to work that out is is everybody that you've worked with been really accommodating so uh in the beginning I didn't tell anyone which was not a good idea because I think um (sighs) i was very uh, and i i still am to a degree and i hate it about myself but like i was very aware of like not wanting to make a fuss not mm-hmm. wanting it to be a a problem or to be seen as um you know because because even now so even like posting about my diabetes which i don't do a lot i did it the other day for world diabetes day i still get sort of hung up about because i'm like in one sense I'm like this is something important to speak about and to raise awareness about because there are a lot of misconceptions about it Um, and yes obviously it's been a part of my life and it's a part of many other people's lives and so I think it is important to talk about these things and then on the flip side it's like I don't want people to think that I am making a fuss or I want people to feel sorry for me or I want because that's not at all what it is and I think when I first started working certainly I didn't tell people about it because of that reason which was not a good idea because I remember there was one time that I was filming and um my blood sugar level started to drop. And when that happens, it's called a hypo. And you just feel really um, shaky and dizzy and lightheaded. And if you don't treat it with some sugar, then you risk passing out. So it can be quite dangerous. But for me, I'm really used to them and I know how to treat them. Uh, But I think for other people, obviously uh, I hadn't taken to account how scary that can be for other people who are maybe not aware of 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 what it is and also they're not aware of the fact that kind of I'm okay with them and I can handle them mm-hmm. fine so but there there was one time when I was filming where that happened and I was like I need I need a minute like can you just give me like five minutes because I'm diabetic and and I just need to have something to eat really quickly and then I'll be fine. You know, still being like, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. Like don't like worried to upset people. And I remember people started panicking being like she's diabetic, she's like why 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 don't we know this? Why and and just thinking oh shit should I've should I've told people yes I should have told people obviously I should have told people um but And also, I think, even now, I'm aware of, like, you know, time is money on a film set, and you Mm -hmm. cannot... Any hold-ups is, yeah, is costing people. And so I'm, I'm always conscious of, like, right, I need to be... I need to be on it, and I can't not be on it otherwise. I'm holding everybody up. and that's gonna start costing people and people are gonna get angry and are gonna to want to go home and all the rest of it. So all these things still fly about in my head. Um especially when it's a scene. Well, any time I'd say. So I've I've gone off in the total tangent. <laughs> um no, I think I think I'm a little Go on.
0: I wanted to just ask. Do you think there's a fear of as well about saying it, like that that fear that like we talk about this quite a lot about the fear of not <clears throat> getting employed or the fear of um those different things. That, like you know we talk about it, and I'm people who listen regularly will know like we have this running joke, Louise and I in particular, that because we are calling stuff out a lot of the time and we're trying to make, hopefully we're trying to make a difference within the industry that you know, we do this, we're never gonna work again. Like that's it. Like the doors are gonna come down and be like, nah, don't get them. And they're they're a nightmare. No. We're just to make things better. Um, but you know, so there's that fear. And I just <clears throat> I just always wonder like um because so I've got endometriosis and I always think as well like I don't go on about that and like some days my pain levels are horrific. Mm. And I've been on like days and rehearsals and I'm like you just need to breathe through it when actually I'm an absolute arsehole because I'm in so much pain that if I had just said people would have been so much more understanding I think it's the fear of then saying it maybe this is just for me and then people going oh well I'm not going to employ her again because of
1: that Mm. yeah I mean I suppose that I've never I've never worried so much about that although so not to like not to sort of go into like a medical history but shortly after I was diagnosed with diabetes um I developed celiac disease which is uh, it's another autoimmune condition but essentially it just means that um I have to be on a really strict gluten-free diet so uh not not even like like even a, like crumbs can like damage, would damage like my insides type thing. So I have to be really careful with that. And that I find, so say for example, going to the catering bus at lunchtime and asking for, uh, you know, I'll obviously tell production beforehand, this is what I need. Um, can you make sure that there's something gluten free for me to eat? um and quite often that i don't know what happens but i'll turn up at the catering bus and there's nothing for me and then you appear like and this is what i hate you appear like a fussy actress with a diet thing you know mm-hmm. and i've even overheard a comment being made about um using those sort of exact words almost and it drives me mental because it's like This isn't just a faddy diet that I'm following. This is something that I need to keep me healthy. And whose business is it anyway? Like, it's not your business anyway. And so the number of times that I've turned up and there's been nothing, I'm kind of feeling like, okay, now I just have to walk away. And kind of take that as it is, and be like, okay, that's fine. Even although it's not fucking fine, because yeah. I've got nothing to eat. For I mean, I will always take things with me, but everyone else is getting a hot meal or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's a twelve-hour day. Yeah. So you you expect to be <clears throat> given something to keep you going, and. I I then remember getting... That happened on a job recently where there was nothing for two days and I spoke to production about it saying that I wasn't happy and I felt like such a bitch for for speaking to them about it because, you know, I explained, I was like, I'm not trying to be difficult and I thought, why do I need to... Again, why do I need to explain myself? Mm -hmm. And... Is this, is this just me? Or I, I think it would be any woman probably feeling the same as well. And I wonder if I was a male, would I be so tippy-toe about it? Or would I just be like, this isn't good enough? like, and, and so the next day, I think I got like, the same thing happened again. And then like some uh, roasted vegetables turned up. In a box, and I was like, "Again, like everybody else is getting a full-on hot meal, and the roasted vegetables is not, <laughs> it's not going to cut it." I'm sorry. um And then later that day, everyone got in pizza, uh, and there are plenty of places that do like most pizza places now do gluten free. I know, and so I was just like, "Oh." I can't keep, if I keep bringing this up, I'm just going to sound like an absolute knob. And that's where I worry about, because then I think, well, if if I keep banging on about this, people are just going to say I'm a fussy actress and word's going to get out. And then people might not want to employ me because I've been difficult. And, (laughs) but I'm not being difficult and I I, and if I try everything in my power before I start a job to explain to people like I have these dietary needs this is what needs to happen and then it doesn't I don't know what more I can do do you know what I mean because if I then turn up on set and there's nothing for me to eat then obviously I'm not going to be happy about it so for many years I've kind of bitten my tongue when that's happened and it doesn't happen all the time and uh, a lot of the time it's great and the catering is absolutely fine but there have just been odd jobs that that has happened and i just thought oh like how how many times and also i do think i do think that catering on sets not again and this is not everyone but certain ones need to up their game a bit when it comes to dietary requirements Mm -hmm. because I was on a job recently as well where there was a boy who had a severe nut allergy and I wasn't there that day but apparently they brought out like nuts as snacks on on like a table somewhere and I was just thinking like uh, that's not okay you've got somebody who go into anaphylaxic shock and you've brought out
0: I was just as you were talking I was actually thinking about that I was like well if somebody's got a really severe allergy like Mm. you know somebody I know somebody who's got like a really severe allergy to lentils wow so what if they just decided to make lentil soup but like properly like if they are in close proximity it can cause an allergic reaction wow just do what you're supposed to do because actually by the catering not doing what they're doing you don't know what delays then you could cause to the filming schedule. Like, what if that boy had Mm. had an episode and everything's had to be cancelled because, like, he's gone into anaphylactic shock. Everybody's then shaken from seeing that Mm. and you're delayed. And it's just like, well, and it's really, like you said, you know, like about a guy, would they have been kind of more forthright? And I wonder that question too. But I also wonder if, it had been a guy and they'd gone, I need gluten-free. Would it have been, oh, it's just a um, diet fad if it had been a guy that was saying it? Like, I, and and I don't... Part of me doesn't want to think... Like, I would want them... If they're going to be that kind of judgmental that they would do it across all genders, but then there's that part of me that thinks that if it was a guy, they'd be like, oh, well, he must have something wrong with him then if he's asking for it, so... Yeah, and I just, we I,
1: you know, yeah. well, <laughs> well, no, you don't, you don't know. And I, and I just think, like, it's that there needs to be a bit more, um, it needs to be taken a lot more seriously. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's this, it's this thing of thinking, or, or, like, if, if then I was to take my own, lunch in and not kind of eat at the catering then again that kind of fuels the fire of being like a fussy actress who needs her own lunch and like doesn't doesn't want to eat the catering because it's not good enough for her or whatever and it, it, it's not yeah I, I just hate that I hate that stereotype because I've heard it so many times and it's
0: yeah. And, but that and that's the problem right there is the fact that you know you're having to even think about that that shouldn't be something that you have to think mm. about you're going into a job and everybody should be working to the best of their ability to make that job as easy and as happy a place as it can be and the fact that as a female and as a performer, you're going and going, well, I can't take in my own food because I don't want them to think this about me. But then what if they don't have anything? Like, those things shouldn't be in your train of thought before you go into a job. Like, it just shouldn't be. But as you say, you've yeah. heard those comments. So therefore, that's going to sit. It just... Ugh.
1: <laughs> I mean, I do I do always just take something in anyway now. And it's like, I, I, I generally don't think people um yeah really do bat an eyelid if if you do but I mean um it's in your head though it's that that it's in yeah yeah I think that's it
0: it's 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 a it's a funny one um people just need to do what they're supposed to
1: do just do your job (laughs) (laughs) you had one job (laughs) but again I don't I. I I um Yeah I don't know where the the problem lies there I don't know where Uh, is that a communication problem or is it just that somebody hasn't taken something seriously or yeah I'd be curious to know that.
0: It is um, an interesting one isn't it because it could just be something mm. as simple as it's a communication problem that hasn't been passed on that it's really important that this this and this yeah but like I mean I'm allergic to prawns so like if I was mm-hmm. like on set and something had even even if it had like a kind of um a crustacean base thing so even if it's like a sauce that's been put into it I could end up having one like and I don't go into an anaphylactic shock but my lips swell up and oh, they no. swell up for a good like hour Not and it's f- <laughs> yeah exactly and like um you know, my throat feels like it's closing over, and it's so sort of feel like I can't breathe, but I can. And um, mm. so it's just that thing of like, you know, that's, just, that's serious, just like the guy with um, obviously his not allergy is far more serious than mine. Um, but it's just those little things like that lack of communication. Yeah, it's a funny one.
1: Mm. But um, I think what you're going back to what you're saying about how. Uh, Diabetes affects me when I'm filming. I think in the main, it's all right, but I I definitely um, don't, perhaps, uh, I'm not as, I I don't take as much care of myself when I'm working as I would when I'm not, because I think there are things that um, you, I'll run myself a little bit higher in terms of sort of blood sugar levels which isn't great but for fear of feeling shaky and having a hypo and uh yeah needing to like sit down on set or whatever or just take a break then I will run myself a little bit higher but I think that's that's something that I probably need to address a little bit and um mm-hmm that's that's not really anybody else's problem that's mine and I think I need to be a bit better about um communicating to people exactly what the score is and what I need and not being so worried about perhaps what people will think of me <laughs>
0: I think that's yeah
1: but there's the industry right
0: it's that thing it's in our head so mm. We, i think probably all even without you know you having your diabetes there's something
1: that we'd all be like are they thinking that was it's no yeah oh, i know i'm always um yeah constantly and as i say i hate I hate it about myself but i'm always like oh i i said that but I hope they didn't take it that way or i put that in an email and i'm like oh did that read just like really passive-aggressive or something and yeah. always <laughs> second guessing what I've said and what I'm like lying awake at night and being like oh fuck I'm I'm totally pissed off that person and that <laughs> that
0: is is so interesting this oh. is really interesting because I sent an email a couple of weeks ago to somebody and I was like and it's, and it's a follow-up email so that we've kind of been emailing back and forth and then my last email and they haven't got back to me, which is fine, because there probably isn't an answer just now. But I'm now in my head going, was that really cheeky, that line? Did that, d- does that read really cheeky? Because obviously they don't know how I meant it. And um, and I'm fascinated to know if guys think the same. So any of our male listeners, let me know. Um, because I sometimes wonder if it's a female thing. And where does that come from? Does it start when we're really young? Mm. Like, about how we're perceived and how, you know, I just, yeah, the whole, yeah, that's a bigger question. <laughs>
1: that's a whole more Wednesday discussion. morning, That's a way bigger question. <laughs> Sorry for opening that up. No it's, no, it's good. No, it's like, we'll start thinking about like that.
0: Just keep going. Um, So, Kate, have you, obviously, we're back in tier four and. England and most of Scotland is in tier four now so are self tapes coming in though are you getting bits and pieces work-wise
1: yeah yeah they are and I'm lucky that I have got a couple of jobs um coming up so I'm, I'm really really grateful for those I mean uh one I meant to be starting relatively before the end of the year and then the other is um sort of I was meant to start in March this year, but obviously it got pushed. So I think that's hopefully going to be in February. But yeah, I mean, anything could happen, couldn't it? So we'll see. I know, I know. <laughs> fingers crossed. It's, yeah. yeah.
0: Um. So we have a, a couple of questions that we'd like to finish the podcast off with. And then mm-hmm. this got flagged that people really like it. And when we ask people um, about... Uh, someone that they admire doesn't need to be someone famous but um, usually another female in their life that inspires them.
1: uh oh, has to be my mum. Like, she's just amazing. She's, she's just one of those people that's, like, always super positive about everything. Like, just not in an overly positive way but she's just she like she'll take the positive spin like even if things are looking really roughish <laughs> she'll be like oh no I'll be fine because of this and you know it's that way that uh mums can sort of cheer you up after after yeah. um, having a chat with them so yeah she she is definitely definitely one um in terms of acting wise oh I mean there are so many women that inspire me like that are actors like uh Michaela Cole and uh she's on our Olivia dream oh, she's amazing she is amazing um Frances McDormand is bloody yep. amazing uh I love Pamela Adlon I think she's yes. yeah oh, there's yeah. just so many so so many I love that so yeah do you know what I really love is that when we
0: ask this question most people the first person that we say is either their mum their gran or their sister and I just oh. really love I really love that so Kate, last question And we like to ask everybody what persistent and nasty means to them. So what does persistent and nasty mean to you, Kate?
1: Uh, I would say that it just means keep going and going and going. Uh, Don't give up. And yeah, have a little bit of tenacity and grit as well to go with it. I love it.
0: Kate, it's been an absolute joy to chat to you and um, oh, I really hope that so when much. this is all done we can actually meet in life <laughs> I
1: know oh I can't believe how long has that been has that been an hour that's been an hour yeah it's been that an was hour, a really yeah. quick hour oh good I'm glad morning. I'm
0: glad um, I'm just going to do a little sign off well as always everybody thank you so much and we'll put all um, the details of where you can follow Kate uh, and uh, until next time stay nasty